Hey, we are here on AfterBuzz TV covering UFC 198. As always, I'm not alone, and we got two very special guests covering UFC 198. Coming right up. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What the hell is this? You know what the remix that they this did is, last year. Was there a remix? Yeah. I didn't know about when it. The, the, when McGregor fought Mendez. Hey, everybody. Welcome to UFC After hey Buzz. Hey, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> UFC After Buzz here on After Buzz TV. We go. are your UFC After Show. Got to be covering UFC 198 live. Well, not live. Well, we're live. Yep. We are live. Yeah, we're so you can live. watch us on YouTube right now. You know, if you're on the chat room, feel free to chat with us. We already have a couple of people in the chat room, as always. Yeah, big shout out already. It's, uh, it is popping, thankfully, here. One, two, three. Was the first one in there? Um, Steven Stud Hill and our chief cornerman Joe Bozer going at it back and forth on uh, the ups and downs of UFC 198. And but hopefully, in, we'll... in the studio we have a, a jam-packed studio. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. As always, it's, it is us three. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey guys, I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can catch me on Twitter at double G on TV. You almost stepped over my line there. <laughs> I'm also Gabriel Gonzalez, and you can catch me at Double G on TV. You wish you were. I always think you're going <laughs> to say Gabriel Gonzaga. Just out of, you know, that. I am man. Gabriel Gonzaga, and you can catch me training Brazilian <laughs> Jiu Jitsu up in Connecticut. Not really, actually. JTAN716, all over your internet as usual. And I am George Hermosa. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, G H E R M O Z A, G Hermosa. And uh, like I mentioned, we got two uh, special guests in the studio this this. Uh, Cut this to week. the hot seats! Just cut to them right now. <laughs> and go. How's so, it going? Uh, I'm Christos Giagos. You can catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at C Yagos. That's it, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Tommy Aaron, and you can uh, catch me on Instagram as well at uh, Tommy under underscore Spaniard. It's kind of a nice uh, reunion of sorts, really, for these guys. Well, for, for us and these guys, Christos. Uh, of course, um, appeared on our show, God, like two years August ago. August 17, yeah. 2014. Time has flown like crazy. So no stranger to AfterBuzz, Chris Ochoagos, but mm -hmm. new, uh, Tommy is new to the AfterBuzz. Tommy uh, is new to AfterBuzz, but not new to me and not new to George, former University of MMA uh, well, featherweight champion, defending, and cool. now uh, uh, now both these guys are in the RFA. They are fighting on June Friday the 3rd, yeah, correct? June 3rd. At uh, the Hangar at OC Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa, California, if you happen to be hanging out over in the Southland here. And uh, both these guys are on the card, and so we brought them in the studio to talk about their matches as well as what we saw last we night. We definitely will be talking a lot, a lot about the RFA coming up June 3rd. Uh, but also we had one UFC 198 mm -hmm. last yeah. night from Curitiba, Brazil. History, in my opinion, history-making. We set some records. They yeah. set some records. Uh -huh. I didn't really have much to do with it. But, uh, overall, yeah. but overall, what did you guys think of the show first? First, I want to cut to Tommy. What did you think of UFC 198 as a, from a fan's perspective? Um, I didn't expect uh, Verdum losing like that at all. Uh, but overall, I thought it was an amazing, a, a really, mm -hmm. really good card. A really good card. What about you, Christos? Um, I thought it was great. You know, you got to see a lot of first-round finishes, which the fans always like to see. A mm -hmm. um, couple upsets. Um, you know, Vitor going out like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to see uh, Verdum going out like that. 
um, everyone expected Cyborg to do that, so mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's cool to see. And uh, I heard that uh, Yancey fight was. Uh, oh, I didn't get to watch it myself. Fight. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta watch it. I heard it was insane. Was so fight of the night. We'll be talking about that. The one I, fight of the night. And absolutely I, I definitely got to go back and watch that fight. But what did, what did yeah. you think of the card, Gabriel? You know what? I loved it. What's fun about those big pay per views uh, in Brazil is that. For all those guys, you know, fighting at home, it's like their World Cup, Super Bowl, Olympics all rolled into one, and they treat it like that. You know, they're willing to go out on their sword when they fight in front of their home fans, and I think that makes for an exciting card, and it, this one didn't disappoint. It did have a different dynamic, because it's not their first time being in Brazil, right. but definitely first time with this crowd. 45,000 people yes. jam-packed to that Curitiba uh, stadium. What about you, Jay? What did you think? Was you it think? the first? I think it was the first time in Curitiba, right? But I'm saying, like, first time with that many people. Right, right. Right, right. Usually they run but also the, the, in that, I believe, in that city, which, of course, yeah. is known for being uh, home to sh- the famous uh, Shoot Box Academy, yeah. which, you know, that's something unto itself. That's kind of like, I mean, that's practically a Brazilian version of having a fight eventually at Madison Square Garden. You know, yeah. it's one of those, uh, you got Vegas, you got uh, maybe Atlantic City, but more Madison Square Garden. But for Brazil, or in Japan, let's talk about uh, Saitama Super Arena, but for Brazil... Curitiba, maybe not the biggest city in Brazil, mm-hmm. but you know that lineage, that home of be, of shootbox. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a special place. And so many of the big names that are from there: Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. Shogun, Chris Cyborg, Ninja, you know, Vanderlei Silva. Exactly. So many of the big names Samurai that we're familiar Silva, with. Yeah. Assassin Silva, Ronin Silva. <laughs> now, as always, uh, Jay Tan. There if you Cyborg. If you want to no, <laughs> Cyborg Silva. If you want to go down the card, uh, as always, uh, you know. It was break, a, a, break it down. Jay. Indeed, a good night for Brazil, uh, for the most part, across the board. Of course. Stipe Miocic uh, upsetting Fabricio Verdum, uh, winning the UFC heavyweight title with first-round KO. Uh, below that in the co-main event, Jacare, Ronaldo Jacare Souza defeating uh, Vitor Belfort in the first round of TKO punches. Uh, Cyborg, Christina Cyborg, now Justino, not Santos, uh, defeating Leslie Smith also with TKO in the first. That was 140-pound catchweight. And, of course, Cyborg's debut in the UFC. We'll see what happens after that. Um, rounding out the main card was Mauricio Shogun Hua uh, defeating Corey Anderson by split decision. There's some uh, fodder for conversation there. And Brian Barberina, most uh, well-known recently for uh, upsetting Sage, Sage Northcutt, Northcutt, defeating Warley Alves, who I believe uh, is previously undefeated. Uh, that was a unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. Uh, below that, the main card... Uh, Sorry, the main event of the preliminary cards worth talking about. Damian Maya versus Matt Brown. That was fun. In a really, uh, yeah, nasty, scrappy one. Um, Damian Maya coming out with a submission win, rear naked choke in the third. Uh, Tiago Santos at middleweight, knocking out Nate Marquardt in the first. That was fun. Francisco Trinaldo over Yancy Medeiros. That one getting fight of the night honors. Fun Matt. would be an understatement for that fight. What's that? Fun would be an understatement uh, to describe that fight. Fun? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the fight was fun to watch, but it's like mm-hmm. I feel like saying fun is it doesn't do it justice just how great as as you know entertaining what if i said it was very fun yeah, it's very funner. very 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 funner. very 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 fun it was a barn burner you know, that too. plain and simple <laughs> john lineker over rob font at bantamweight and unanimous decision really oh, i'm and sorry <laughs> somebody Keep didn't going. study I'm sorry uh, the fight pass <laughs> main event uh antonio hojero uh hojero little nog silva little nog silva Looking Noguera, sharp. Noguera, pardon night. me. I know better than this. <laughs> Defeating Patrick Cummings, TKO in the first. Uh, Sergio Moraes over Luan Chagas, 
It was a last-minute replacement. And Hanato Moicano over Zubayara Tukov. Tukov. I'm going with that. Yeah. That, Rosetta, hey, that Rosetta Stone is paying off, Jay. Right? No. Yep. <laughs> now, now, you started off by talking about the main event and saying an upset. Does everybody in, in the room agree? Let's go to you guys. Is that an upset in Stipe defeating Verdun? Um, I think on paper, yeah, and uh, fa- on a lot of fans, because uh, I feel like Verdun's way more, uh, I would say, like famous in, uh-huh. the, in the sense of like mm-hmm. the average eye, people who watch normally. Mm-hmm. But uh, and also what he's accomplished in his yeah. career. Yeah. But I mean, as far as like the stand-up game goes, I, I do think Miocic is uh, is just better. Mm-hmm. And if it got onto the ground, I think it could have been, it would have gone differently. But mm-hmm. you got to take the fight there. Yeah. Man, that was a, a tough fight to watch. Um, yeah, just, just <laughs> <laughs> he's. Let me ask do you guys. The both of you guys uh, train uh, at Black House MMA, which obviously has its Brazilian ties. King's MMA just down the road, a, a stone's throw, also Brazilian ties. Master Rafael Cordero there. Um, do you guys, as as fighters, is is there kind of a, a feeling of um, what do you want to call it? That, um, the, the camaraderie of these SoCal, the fighters from the SoCal, especially ones that train at Brazilian gyms um, versus the rest of the world, the rest of, you know, fighters from other regions. Do you guys feel that? Because do you don't necessarily train with Verdum uh, and Master Rafael directly, correct? No, I, I've never been a Kings personally. Mm-hmm. He has. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, we have, I mean, we both have a lot of Brazilian friends that fight with right. us. Um I've got the the pleasure of fighting in Brazil, so yeah. Um, you know, always seeing fights in Brazil is always cool to watch. Uh, I tend to vote for Brazilians often, mm-hmm. so I'm a big Anderson fan, and uh, right. I was upset he didn't get the fight on the card. So yeah, I, I was, was too. That was very yeah, disappointing. I was really yeah, that would have made it even even more epic night. Yeah, yeah, that's a serious issue though, gallbladder. Yeah, you don't mess around yeah. with that one, right? Especially no. Uriah, Uriah Hall and them spinning kicks. Yeah. You don't want that landing yeah, yeah, in the yeah. wrong spot. And so. you got to you got to think Anderson did everything he could to be on that card because oh, yeah. what was it a week, two weeks out that mm-hmm. he pulled I, I out? I think yeah. like a week, yeah. Yeah, so you know he was he was yeah. probably saying, "Hey, this is my hometown crowd. I'm gonna be there." So mm-hmm. you know it had to be serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, were you guys disappointed maybe uh, in how the fight went? I know I was, and I, I'm a big Verdun fan, and I. I I'm always curious to see how what he can do on the ground. So when I see him try to stand up with Stipe, I'm like, come on, dude, what are you doing? It kind of reminded me a lot of, like, Velasquez Dos Santos the first time where, like, hmm. he was standing up with Dos Santos. It's like, dude, your strength is wrestling. And what are you doing standing up with him? I kind of thought the same thing. Like, I think he, he got, like, an early punch in. I'm like, all right, I think I can stand up with this guy. He kind of kept going. Obviously, he got caught. I mean, what, what were you guys thinking during the fight? Um, I was, this, uh, during the second viewing, um... Well, the first viewing, I, I was really surprised. It, it was another one of those oh shit moments for uh-huh. me, um, similar to Nate and Connor, Holly and uh, and Rhonda. Um, that's what I love about the sport. I mean, uh-huh. honestly, I remember last week I was really kind of iffy. I didn't really give a definitive answer on a prediction, uh-huh. um, and I know my, my heart was wanting to see Stipe win because I like fresh faces uh-huh. coming up establishing themselves, getting titles. Um, that's really one of the only ways that you, in this sport, that you can really establish yourself is having a belt and having a belt at a high level like this. And I think Stipe is uh, is super uh, marketable. I did 
kind of conventionally speaking, I was leaning towards Verdum, expecting him to win mm -hmm. um, and defend, but obviously it didn't happen. So when Stipe's uh, was turned on his his striking, um, I I kind of sat down and said, "All right, we're in for a dogfight here. We we got us a match," um, and I have some opinions specifically on on the the possible outcome or how skills pair up, mm -hmm. you know, in the uh, the likely first title defense for, uh, for Mr. Mirajic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the, well, we'll get to that just yet. I don't, I think there's a wild card in there, but um, personally for me, I was very disappointed um, for two reasons. One, Verdum in the cage was very reckless, and mm -hmm. then going in, and maybe you guys could speak to this. I know that marketability, especially in the fight game, it's so important. And yes, that face that he makes, it does go viral. They use it on internet memes related to MMA all the time. So I understood, you know, him doing that a bit, walking out, similar to Jacare doing the crocodile, you know. It seemed like he was overdoing it. And you know what? They talked about it. He was calm, relaxed. Had he... I would have given him a pass if he had been focused in the cage. I felt like he said it perfectly. Too reckless. We know Verdum is way better than that. And instead, he's chasing Miocic. He didn't even have him hurt. You know, if he had rocked Miocic, if he had seen a good shot, the, head, the eyes roll back, I would have given him a pass. No, he just really felt like he could just mow him down. And that really was his downfall. Um, similar, if you guys remember to the fight, Miguel Torres, Brian Bowles in the WEC. Mm -hmm. Miguel Torres was the man seen as more versatile. Brian Bowles coming up. One shot coming in at the wrong time, and it changed everything. And really for Verdum... We've seen that guy display so many great striking skills, grappling. Submission skills. He, and he fought such a reckless fight, and I don't know why. You know, I think maybe the I don't crowd think it was the got smile, to him. Though. I don't <laughs> think it, it was the Joker face that threw him off. I'll, he, he, I'll take take issue with that. Um, he was chasing Stipe, you know, towards the, the second much, half of that round. To, for me, too yeah, much. Got, you know, but got caught. It, it is weird yeah. that you know. I, I don't know that he went in unfocused, but you know clearly got caught up into, yeah. into Stipe's trap there. Um, I oh, no, definitely. St full credit to Stipe Miocic. You have a guy coming in, his defense is down. You better, when you have hands like his, you better connect on that chin. So mm -hmm. credit to him. He did what he had to. He stopped that fight. And, you know, first champion, second championship for Cleveland. The, this is the first. I think the Cavaliers are going to beat the Warriors in an oh. upset. <laughs> hey, Christos, I know. We can fight about it outside, but no. Yeah, do that. That's a really good I, I idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight with him <laughs> over a basketball that, tournament. Uh, yeah, th that'll be ratings. You guys know you want to see it. You don't want to <laughs> see us. You don't want to see us. You don't worry about it's it. Full. <laughs> Snapchat, double G on TV. You know. I thought Ricky Vaughn. Yagos versus Gonzalez catch weight <laughs> bout. I thought Ricky Vaughn took the Indians to the to the. Tommy, can you, you you're licensed to referee, right? I have right? no idea who I you're talking nobody about. Nobody got that yeah, right. Yeah, I can do perfect, it. perfect. I'll take Real that Spider-Man cat. No. Completely separate and unrelated. I'm gonna eat crow here. Uh, Joe Boza called me out, and he is correct. Sergio Marias and Luan Chagas was a split draw. I think I was reading my uh, my notes way too fast. I do remember watching that and having some issues with that one as well, but. At any rate, uh, Joe Boza, chief cornerman. That's why we got him there for that role. So what are we talking about here? Where do we go from here? Is it, is it the automatic? Co-main? 
No, no, oh, no. You no, no, talk no about as as what's next? I mean, next obviously, we, we just talked about last week about that heavyweight division, how just how stacked it is. Mm-hmm. Is Alistair Overeem the automatic number one contender, or do we put Fabricio in there? What do you guys think? Uh, I think Alistair deserves yeah. a shot. Yeah. Um, I don't think Verdum should get a rematch just because he's never defended it. Yeah. You know, so I think next up, uh, Alistair for sure. He's been making a statement. He's been looking better than ever. So I, I, I say give him a chance. I'm in favor of things like that. Guys that have been, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Um, Jacare, you know, is another case in point. Guys that have been mm-hmm. there chomping at the bit and proving themselves over and over again. We all have our issues with rematches, and clearly uh, most of the, the MMA community and fans are getting a little bit tired of it. Um, I don't think we should have necessarily gone down that road to begin with to the extent that we did, uh, but we have. But in the case, you're, you're exactly right. Verdum has, for all the great things that he's done, he tapped out Fedor. He um, choked out Kane. Choked out Kane. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I, th- I think it's the legacy of defending the title that defines whether you get an automatic rematch mm-hmm. or not. Or if it was a, a great close one, like a Condit Lawler, you know. Yeah. Or Frank Edgar, Gray Maynard. Yeah, I that's not like. the case here. Yeah. And I think just putting on my promoter's hat in general, I would think that the best thing in general is to keep, you have to keep feeding. Uh, feeding the beast, the beast being the fans. The new yeah. blood uh, needs to get their shot continually. And, um, and and so that's, you know, to that end why I was happy that, you know, Stipe, mm-hmm. uh, Stipe is now champion. It's a new face, a new... It's not like we're not going to get behind Verdum when he comes back, you know? Mm-hmm. Verdum is not over the hill or done. He can earn a, a title shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you have more guys in there, as opposed to the... The three, the the trio that we were stuck with for a couple of years. Not between, even. It was just Kane and Junior. Yeah, for the Kane and Junior. Yes, Kane yeah. and Junior. Well, they were beating everybody else. Yeah. You know, you got to give them credit. Um, just like, I w- yeah. Go ahead. I would agree that Alistair Overeem, he is right there. I did say I had a wild card. It, let's say in the event we have Kane Velasquez, uh, Travis Brown coming up. Let's say we see Kane come in and destroy Brown the same way Jacare got Belfort tonight. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could potentially put Kane there, but we have to take a few things into account. Timing, health. You don't know, you know, hey, Stipe, he looks like he could fight today. We don't know anything about how he's feeling. We don't know where they're at. We don't know about Overeem, you know, if something comes up in training. We don't know if, you know, when Kane win or lose or Travis Brown, whoever they put in there. So it really comes down to timing. It's not just the rankings. I think on paper, yeah, Overeem's, he's looked like a beast. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him next. But who deserves it more? If Kane fights tomorrow and he wins in three seconds and he's clear, he's fine, everybody's healthy between, in that trio, who deserves it? You yeah, give it to I Kane? think I think if Kane comes in just because he's been a bigger star longer, what does that have to do with you know, deserving a title shot? You know what? It's all about the promotional machine. No, it's not. You don't think so? <laughs> no, it's not. I it's think about so. who deserves think, it. You know. And Overeem has been uh, the streak that he has. Uh, he deserve. He's the one that hasn't had a title shot. How many has Kane had? It, he's had technically- more than he's actually. Fought in because technically just too that when he first won the title and then to regain it against Junior and he's been there's been injuries where he's had to put off defending it that's why we ended up with the interim title. True, this is the thing the new blood. Why why would Kane 
Why put Kane because in there? You, because you, we know, hey, because Kane is still, despite all that, he's still at the top of the division, in my opinion. Not the very over, top. Over not, not, okay, like I said, over, over wild me? card. It's about making money and exactly. Kane's history. I was going to say that. Um, and it, so many fighters in the UFC, people thought they deserved it. Who deserves it? A lot of times the UFC chooses the money in the fight sure, sure. over then who deserves it. Yeah. So Frankie Edgar is a case in point. Exactly. Yes. So then again, so... Overeem, that Kane Kane would draw more than Overeem would. So in that case, it's hard to know. It depends what you know. Yeah. Uncle Dana decides <laughs> to do with that. But uh, um, in the end of the day, I've seen so many fighters that deserve a shot never get the shot. Yeah. So you got to think which fight's going to be bigger. Depending if Kane Velasquez does go out there and demolish it, mm-hmm. and then yeah. everyone's talking about it, they can put that in. Kane definitely has is more established in that he is a former UFC champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about uh, Overeem being a, a K1 and Strikeforce champion. Those titles obviously don't, don't mean as much. Right. But um, if that's the case, then we're going to continue giving three or four guys title shots until they finally retire. The quality yeah. of those matches is going to go down. Well, that's not to say that Overeem isn't going to be right there. You know, well, yeah, he is right him. there. There's we, no arguing hey, that. I'd also have no problem. Let's say they give it to Kane. Kane beats Stipe. I would love to see Overeem and Velasquez go at it for the belt, too. It's all about timing. You know, so, yeah, but I'll give you, you the rather credit. see? I, I think we should see Overeem versus Stipe. I mean, I'm, I'm more excited about a new match as opposed to... I, I agree I, with that one. Yeah. I, I, see, it, it I, is, I see Gabriel's point, mm-hmm. um, but I just have to disagree with him just because uh, Overeem just fought last week. Stipe just fought to, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Kane is fighting in two months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can easily book that card, book that fight within three months, maybe for That's 201 pro- or 202. I'll give so you that, like, too. Assuming that Kane even wins, mm-hmm. um, and let alone be healthy enough to yeah. fight, and, you know, maybe in another six months. And, I, and, I just think it's... And full credit, if Kane doesn't come out and destroy Brown, he shouldn't be getting a title yeah. shot. And you know, say if, Brown doesn't destroy Kane, and maybe he's going to be jumped to the right. top yeah. of the list and be like, oh, he should get the title yeah. shot over Overeem. Yeah. Steven Stud Hill is agreeing. He says Overeem has to be next. Joe Boza says Kane needs to do two camps without <laughs> injury. Why book Kane if he is injury prone? I agree because, with you, my friend. Because we know what he can do when he isn't hurt. Yeah, but we know there what we know yeah. what he does when he just walks outside his door. Yeah. He gets hurt. <laughs> or when he walks in the doors listen. of AKA, hey, he, for that he, matter. He came off a one, what is it, the year injury. He lost to Junior, but we saw him bounce back from that, too. Mm-hmm. So how long so, was that? A year and a half? We're going to have to wait and see, though. I'm not going to lie. MMA. I'm not going to lie. This, this is one of the reasons why I truly like this environment. Uh, but we have to move on because yeah. there's more fights in one fight. Um, sure. the next hey, fight. Hey, anything less than a killer cane, Overeem gets it. Hands down, Joe Boza. I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that. Jock Ray versus Vitor Belfort. I know a lot of people in this room were looking forward to that fight, maybe even the most, especially myself. Um, what do you guys think about maybe looking forward into that fight and what you actually saw? I did not expect that. I had Vitor for really? sure. Uh, I really do think Vitor is an animal. Um, but now looking at the way this fight went, uh, he doesn't do well off his back. I mean, it could be the guys he's fighting who have a really good top game, but I mean, maybe he's just you know getting washed up now. Um, I gotta uh, ask you guys because you're fighters, is the TRT the difference maker to him? I would never know. I never tried it. Uh, <laughs> but to him, to be uh, y- yeah. 
I mean, dude, seriously, like I, I, I hate even bringing it up, but he just looks so much smaller yesterday. Yeah. He's, than, he's than, getting up there too. He's had a lot of fights. Yeah, yeah. He's been fighting forever. And the, and the flip side, years old, shit. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. He's a monster, and he trains hard too. Also, is that once you're, uh, once you're on stuff, whether it's a TRT or any kind of other. Uh, uh, hormone supplement. Yeah. When you come off it, that affects your body as well. You know, yes. you don't. You rip off the CO proverbially as well as literally, depending <laughs> on what it comes in. Um, you, uh, you know, you, you do have to be careful about how I guess how you cycle off or what you do, how you, what you put into your body afterwards, so that you're able to maintain it and your body doesn't crash. You know, internally with uh, biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I am a chemist or anything like that, but that does really. That's <laughs> that's an issue afterwards when you know once you're off of that stuff. Yeah, but Jocko rated good as well as always, mm-hmm. and uh, he's coming close to I feel like getting a title shot himself. I think he's, he's next. a monster. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I think uh, next, there's a lot of history with Rockhold and uh, and, uh, and Jocko. Uh, mm-hmm. I gotta say, you know, it, I'm personally picking Rockhold to take the rematch over Weidman. I agree. And, uh, I agree. In a rematch, Jocko Rockhold, what a I'm okay with this one because so much time has passed and they honestly do look and feel like two different fighters now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're getting that instant replay like a lot of the rematches we're talking Five about. Five years is a long time. Yeah, and you know, they look different. I do got to say, unfortunately, Michael Bisping survived getting knocked out by Anderson Silva to lose his title shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he was right there, so, but I think Jacare just... He's just looked like a beast last I think, night. I think rumor is maybe Bisbing Whitaker, possibly in October, November. Mm. So that kind of puts maybe them yeah. out of the picture, but yeah. definitely a lot. Uh, I, I think Jacques Ray is the most natural number one contender, yeah. no matter what happens in that in that June 4th yeah. uh, UFC November. That's a long hey. ways off. And then another thing, w- once again, health. Timing, you know, who's ready, who's not, who has something well, jo- happen jo- to jo- them. Jacare and Rockhold have a better history of, as yeah. far as getting hurt than uh, Kane Velasquez as well. Yeah, but let's say, you know, Rockhold, Weidman, those are two guys just, it's easy to predict, hey, they might hurt each other, you know, mm-hmm. not in the course of competition. They're like, hey, they may not be fighting for about six, seven months if it's a barn burner. Mm-hmm. Now, but, you guys brought it up uh, briefly. Vitor Belfort, where does he go from here? Um, I think maybe as a fan, I'm sure we all have to see him fight. Yeah, again, get but, him, I mean, let, let him fight again. Mm-hmm. To, uh, <laughs> maybe match him up with better uh, a stylistic match, like someone who's probably gonna try to stand up with them. Let's watch that. And if he wins, retire, put the gloves away. I think he's, he he's had a long run. You know what I mean? So. Um, I think it's his time. Because as mentioned, he's been fighting for like 20 years. Is he somebody that you looked up to, uh, Tommy? I know. I know. Christos really, really likes Vitor. I mean, yeah. I'm, I like Vitor too a lot. I didn't grow up watching him yeah. as much. But, uh, I mean, you, you see his fights back in the day. And you yeah. see how he's progressed in his career. And, you know, he's... He's fought hard and he's fought a lot. So. He's, just, he's just one of those guys, yeah, right? He deserves his respect. Absolutely. Yeah. He's definitely accomplished a lot in the sport. So, I mean, for him to bow out, I mean, nothing nothing but respect for the guy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's done a yeah. lot for the sport as well. I think there's still a few matches left in him. He's going to yeah. be, um, I always think of Bruno San Martino. You know, in the 80s, growing up watching uh, pro wrestling, um, there were the, the older guard who were still around and still had name value and, and could still go. Obviously, it's a work. It's not a shoot. Um, but separate to that, what they could do in the, in the cage, in the ring. Um, and so, you know, Pedro Martinez was inter- intercontinental champion at the time. The pitcher? 
Is it Martina? No, Morales? Pedro, Pedro Morales. Thank you. All right, I sit corrected there. Uh, but Bruno San Martino. And the, my point is that Vidor is now part of that older guard, mm-hmm. you know, who still have a few left in them. You know, I'm looking at uh, at the sure dog. Um, you know, he's in his past four uh, past four ma- matches. It's checkerboard. Win loss. Win loss. He's beaten one guy in the fr- and th- yeah. that one of Henderson. those guys is twice. He, yeah, he, yeah, Henderson. I got to bring um, this up. He, he was out. Cold. What's that? He knocked out Rockhold. He did knock out Rockhold, yes. but then again, that was TRT, yeah. Beaufort. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he, he was gone in 2014, so that span, yeah. you know, the, you got to take out one year in that uh, uh, that calculation. What but I got to say, I don't though, think that, v- Vito, I don't think, okay. though, that he's, um, I think that there's still a few matches left. I think okay. you're, we're going to see a skid, you know, of three matches, three losses in a row before yeah. they decide to let Vitor go. Gabriel? You know what, uh, with Vitor, you know, it's similar to how we saw Shogun last night. It's not so much gas in the tank. They both look, you know, we've seen Vitor. It's not like he's getting knocked out crazy like Chuck Liddell did toward mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about, relevancy. Mm-hmm. Are they still relevant at the top of the division? Or, you know, Shogun, clearly, you know, gas in the tank, yes. But even if Corey Anderson had beaten him, we're not screaming for a title shot for Corey Anderson. Shogun just isn't that guy anymore. Well, that's another case in point there. Yeah. It's, I hate to say gatekeeper, but it kind yeah. of is For, where when you're on the, the other side of your career, that's where, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the category that you fall into, for lack of a better phrase. Oh, yeah. For Belfort, you know, like we've said, a lot of respect. He's still going to be a big name draw on cards. But is he the top three guy anymore? I'd say no. So, yeah, definitely stylistically his matchup is going to say a lot about where he goes next. But I do see him maybe facing more of the bottom of the top ten if this is the end of, let's say, top three Vitor Belfort. Because also you got Yoel Romero still up there when he comes back. You have Weidman Rockhold battling, uh, battling it out. So I think as far as Vitor being relevant... His next fight is probably going to be the best indicator, but I would agree that we might have seen the end of Vitor being one of the top contenders. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think we're seeing yeah. contending for a title anytime soon. Yeah. 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 Well, neither will uh, the next fighter, Cyborg. Not for the UFC title, <laughs> oh. but she's still the Invicta. She may contend for the Invicta. She's still the title, Invicta title, but that defend it rather. This was another one I think a lot of people were looking forward to. I mean, I I, I can maybe. Safe to say that we all pretty much predicted this outcome yeah, in yep. the way that it happened. Exactly. Is it fair to say? Yes. What, what do you guys? What did you guys think when you guys saw this fight? Uh, I thought that was exactly gonna happen. <laughs> Knockout for sure. No, no. I mean, Leslie Smith was very upset at, at the outcome. Uh, right. I, I don't see that where, where she was coming from. I mean, I think that... She, she wasn't unconscious, but you know what? Uh, her position and in the context of who we know Cyborg is, mm-hmm. I think the ref made the right call. And also, we have to take into account, look what's been going on lately. I mean, there was the Rockhold Weidman. Some people thought that should have been stopped way early. Mm-hmm. We also obviously have the Joe Carvalho incident, you know. A lot of refs, they're under a lot of scrutiny. So I can understand in that case in point, err on the side of caution. And also that particular ref, I did the my research, he's been known to have a few controversial stoppages. Yeah. So he was yeah, so he was probably a little shy about, hey, letting this one go on, especially when you know, hey, you're refing a cyborg fight. If mm-hmm. this woman connects, don't let that train just keep rolling over this person. Yeah, I didn't think it was necessarily a bad stoppage, but it also 
you could have given Leslie another uh, another chance. She wasn't blatantly out mm -hmm. from TV vantage point, at least. Um, she was uh, bulldozed over. I was uh, looking for the, the finish here. Uh, she got dropped with a combo, and, and Cyborg followed up with hammer fists. And she was turning away, which I think away from Cyborg, kind of getting into somewhat fetal position, which I think was probably the thing that alerted uh, referee Hurdy to uh, to call for a stop. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, I mean, it was it was in that similar vein of um, Ross. What's the match? Ross Pointon's early uh, loss, um, or no, Andy Ogle, I think it was right. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Andy Ogle versus mm -hmm. Ross Pointon. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But Gegard Mousasi and uh, Dan Henderson, mm -hmm. that yeah. as well, where it was just, you know, the position. It was, it was possibly more the position of the fighter than the look in his eye yeah. that, that uh, possibly, you know, uh, told the ref to stop it. Right. Now, here's a dynamic that I want to kind of get into. I want to get your guys' opinion is she's currently the 145 Invicta champion. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to fight at 140 at a catch weight, but she weighed in at 139. Four pounds to 135. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys do the weight cut. Like, can she healthily make that? I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, what's four pounds? I wanted what's to ask these guys pounds? the same question. I mean, yeah. just how important is that maybe that those four pounds maybe making it healthy to 135? Uh, for women, I think it's a little harder. You know, that, I was going to bring that. that up. It's harder for women to cut that way necessarily. You know, that's why you don't see women cutting drastic weight like the gentlemen can. Mm -hmm. Also, with now with the IV band, um, it can right. be a lot more dangerous. Those four pounds because it's always the last four that are yeah. that are the struggle. Yeah. Did you guys see the weigh-ins? Uh, no, okay. I did not. Did not see the she looked obviously thinner and leaner than she ever has. She, in my opinion, she didn't. I mean. Her abs were, were pretty um, – look. There, there wasn't a lot of fat on her abs, say that, right? But um, she didn't look uh, devoid of energy. She was psyched. She had energy. She looked like she was still pretty healthy. Now, I, I agree. I know it's the, the last two pounds, the last three pounds, the last one. Those are the killers. But it's fascinating that she had so much energy in, and, and made 139, didn't even need the one-pound leeway um, in a post – IV ban uh, situation, you know. Um, I think I think she can do it for sure because yeah. and uh, worst case scenario, lose a little bit of muscle mm -hmm. and, and fight, you know, make a run for that title. Yeah. Um, definitely get more exposure. Um, so I, I think she can do it for sure. Yeah, I, get, I, I I thought that as well. I thought four pounds, given the energy that she has, she probably could. That was the one, one takeaway I, I had. The other one was, frankly, at the same time, she looked pretty badass. You know, <laughs> being able to yeah. weigh 139 yeah. and the way that she powered through Leslie Smith uh, made me really second guess. Uh, well, I, I, I initially would have picked Ronda in that mm -hmm. fight, you know, partially because of the weight cut, but also just because of, uh, I, I think, you know, her, her ability to bully somebody and get them to the ground and stuff. Yeah. But that meant that the... Cyborg's performance makes good. me second guess the, the outcome of that match. Woman, She's a strong woman. Yeah. L look into the future. One of the big things that I think about with Cyborg is we obviously have this big log jam at the top of the 135 women's division, right? So that's going to play itself out. You know, Ronda Rousey's going to come back and she's going to get who's ever at the top. But eventually, when that all plays out, one person is going to be the odd girl out, you know? One similar to Alex Gustafsson. Yeah, great fighter, top name guy, but he's just lost all the top guys. A title shot maybe isn't in his immediate future. Mm 
I can see one of those top 135 girls, if they know the title isn't there, what's the next biggest fight, mm-hmm. you know, for their career? Money fight. Chris Cyborg. Cyborg. I, I think that's where Katzengano comes in. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Where she might not be at that top echelon of, of that division, but still yeah. relevant. And um, before we get on that point, I'd like to ask you guys, yeah, we're talking about that those last few pounds. Personally, do you think those last few pounds could be what cuts away that really extra power that she just seems to have over all the other women? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, I think if she, you know, does her diet the right way and and is disciplined about it, she could she could make the weight and still have the energy. And also, you know, she she could have been playing the poker face. You know, that's what you're supposed to do at weigh-ins. You're not trying to look all dead. You know, you want to yeah. seem like you're strong mentally. Of course. Um, so that's probably what she was doing too a little bit. But, I mean, four pounds for your dreams, mm-hmm. she'll make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, was, this her, was this her first time making less than uh, what, 45? 45, yeah. yeah. So I think mentally knowing she made 139, um, going in the next time, she's going to be like, Probably pretty psyched. To yeah, get she she was probably like, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Right. So uh, I'm down to make 135. Right. Especially, yeah. okay. especially what was said last week. I'd love to see her face uh, Jermaine Duranami. Duranami, yeah. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Especially that, with the way that she she uh beat her beat up her opponent last week. Joe Boza, awesome. chief cornerman, is awesome. uh, mentioning George Lockhart. You know, attributing him for the uh, successful weight cut. Mm-hmm. Says George Lockhart is a freaking genius. Capital G. The panel at uh, Fox Sports 1 nearly fainted when Chris weighed 139 pounds. DC was speechless. He also mentions, big shout out to our guy for uh, for being that uh, uh, research hound that he is. Eduardo Hurdy, ref this fight, should tell you something. Drew Dober versus Leandro Silva. That was the, uh, uh, the, controversial, the controversial match that he's one. most known for. I um, fought that night. Yeah? I was on the Brazil. You were on that, that one? Night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he stopped Drew early back in November and Drew didn't tap. Um, you remember any of the buzz? Yeah, I was night? actually talking to Drew. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, he was because he was in half guard, and there's no way you can get a submission from that position. And and there uh, wasn't an actual. He didn't actually tap, did he? Um, no, 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 he at all. Right. And there's a big controversial. And I actually heard a funny story that Dana called Drew in the in the office. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "What the f are you doing?" Tap into a, a guillotine <laughs> half guard, right? And Drew was like, "No, I didn't do it." And he was like, "No, I'm just messing with you." <laughs> and uh, they, um, he, he still gave him the win bonus for yeah. that and everything because it was a bad mm-hmm. call. And well, that's legit. I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah, and it, it was actually, I think, because uh, I was talking to John McCarthy after my fight because mm-hmm. I won by submission, mm-hmm. and my dude was tapping. He tapped once. He didn't call it. He tapped again. He didn't call it. Then he tapped three times. Then he called my fight, and mm-hmm. the guy almost passed out. And then John McCarthy said he gave him shit for that fight. Um, be like, dude, if he's in trouble and you see him tap, you do something about it. So wait, who gave who shit? John McCarthy gave the referee Eduardo Hurdy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And then um, so I think in that Drew Dober fight, he was uh, he 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 was like probably nervous and like um, thought he was in trouble and just called the fight because um, it was like a couple fights after mine. And that, that's my theory, mm-hmm. but because uh, John McCarthy had told me about that and because right. we were talking about it, and it was just, it was crazy. That was a crazy stoppage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, that's a name to be aware of. We have a yeah. couple more fights to get to, and we still want to talk to these guys, so I really, really want to cover uh, Shogun versus Corey Anderson. We kind of mentioned it earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not much to talk about. I mean, did you guys agree with the decision? Um, I did. I don't remember. <laughs> How did I score it? Shogun... Uh, last minute still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shogun uh, and give Anderson the the third, 
but Shogun mm-hmm. was stealing stealing those rounds at the very end. With someone like Shogun, I, I think, I mean, this is a guy who is still relatively young, but not young in the MMA game. Right. Where oh, he's no. still, I compare him, I, I, don't, I don't hope this is a fair comparison, he's still like like my personal, you know, my Toyota Corolla, who gets me from point <laughs> A to point. It'll get the job done. It'll do everything we need to do. There are just better cars out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, Shogun, I love Shogun. I, you know, obviously, 2005 Shogun is probably my favorite fighter of all time. I was going to say, he, he once was a Ferrari. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Say? 2005 Shogun, but yeah, I mean, did you guys agree with the decision? Shogun and Anderson? Um, Any split decision always have, you know, some. Mm-hmm. some... Yeah, it, it's one of those fights that some people think somebody won, mm-hmm. other people think the other person won. It all depends on how the judges scored it. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. sure if it was different judges, it could have went differently. Yeah. Who knows? The striking. To me, the striking throughout the first and the second was close, mm-hmm. um, but Shogun kept. I think it came out of round two. I think round two was probably the one that could mm-hmm. be either either one. Right, but Shogun, Shogun was 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 dropping him. Uh, I think, uh, in towards the end of each uh, the first and the second, if I remember it correctly. It did in the first and second. Personally, yeah. for me, what stole it, it? Yeah, obviously he dropped him at the end of the second round. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But also when Corey Anderson, when he was trying to grapple, trying to take him down. Shogun was getting right back up. If mm-hmm. he had maybe gotten top position, really done a little more damage, then you could say, you know what, it wasn't enough. But then Corey Anderson, for as much effort as he was doing, he just wasn't effective. And we know that's one of the judging criteria. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of why Shogun's big, you know, big punch stole that round that essentially decided the fight. Cool. Fresh off uh, his win against Nate Northcutt, I thought Brian Barberino looked good. You guys agree? Yeah, fine. Well, that was a fun fight. Yeah. Damien Maya and Matt Brown, I want to cover this for like a minute or two. This just another jujitsu clinic from Damien Maya. I mean, this guy is just, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this guy. I mean, when you guys see this guy's jujitsu, like, what, do you, what goes through in, in your mind? Uh, he's just on another level. <laughs> huh. he, he gets on your back, it's a wrap. It's done. A lot yeah. of uh, bad what, weekend for Matt Brown. What do we think about uh, Damien Maya and the title shot? Um, We've got, we unofficially still have, it's unofficial, right? Woodley and Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's Lawler versus uh, Lawler and, and uh, Maya, hypothetically. Should be interesting. I'm a big I, Stephen Thompson fan, so I don't like, I don't like him <laughs> being overlooked, but yeah. Well, he's booked I, already as well, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually would take Lawler because one of the biggest things, you know, we've seen with Damian Maya is that, he really has to get off first, and Lawler isn't a guy who's really going to allow him to uh-huh. get comfortable on the feet, which is where every fight starts. Yeah, Damian Maya, he's he's going to have to have a very good game plan and fight a very good fight, more so than against, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else. Um, let's say Rory McDonald, for example, one of those guys, you know, uh, he... Technically, on the ground, should have been able to control McDonald, but he didn't fight a good enough fight, and I feel like the same thing would happen if he fought Lawler. Hmm. Cool. Lawler's a beast. Yeah. yeah. Lawler is... That's That goes without saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you there. Yeah, just as we're wrapping awesome. up the card, if that you want to go savage. out there, I know they're going to show the replays. Francisco Trinaldo versus Yancey Medeiros. Watch that fight. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Medeiros can take a freaking punch. Yeah. Damn. That fight was fun to watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, June 3rd is what we're going to talk about right now. RFA from uh, Costa Mesa, California. Both of you guys are fighting. Yeah. Um, now, briefly talk about just is this your first. And obviously, we know it's not your first fight. But, you know, just I know you do a lot for U of MMA. You've actually fought for the UFC before. Yes. So talk about your guys' journey on to what's going on June 3rd. 
Um, well, real quick, when uh, I first started fighting, I was probably like 2-0 at the time. Uh, I was training at Elite, uh, and then Tommy walks in, a 15-year-old kid, small, like really tiny, <laughs> and this kid had hands, and just watching him grow to be this big beast, um, I mean, he honestly was, was like a brother to me, so um, we've talked about we talked about fighting on the same card together for a long time, and now it's finally happening. That, was and that a goal for you guys? Yes, yeah. very, very, very much. And uh, when he he was just about to go pro, and I was still in the UFC at the time, so we thought we were gonna have to wait a lot longer. Mm. But unfortunately, I did get cut, and uh, it's happening a lot sooner than we thought. And I couldn't be more happy. These yeah, cuts, so. I was thinking about this earlier. They don't necessarily mean nearly as much. Uh, as they used to in terms of the, the traumatic end of career. This is no longer the end of, the end of the road. I mean, it's we've gotten to a point where the number of, uh, of shows that the UFC does versus the number of shows mm-hmm. that, of, of, for lack of, well, I want to say developmental systems or, you know, kind of springboards to the UFC, like RFA or Legacy. Um, trying to think who else Just is. Just a smaller promotion There's in one, general. Yeah, there's one out in... Uh, in the East Coast that I'm, I'm blanking on, but um, it's it's become more of a cycle. Yeah. And you may st- take a step down from the show, but you earn a couple more matches and you're back up in there again. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing about this is Dana White will be there for his new show, looking for a fight. And oh, they're covering this uh, yes. this event, huh? Yeah. Okay. And because because the UFC the next day is in LA. Sure. So yeah. He'll be down. Right. Makes sense. Right. And I'm fighting a WC vet, so. Karen Darabedian. Yes. Yeah. So if I if I I feel like if I if I do uh, win impressively, then uh, there's a good chance, you know. Hopefully, this is what I'm I'm hoping for. But mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about Dana White being there. I'm worried about my opponent and just yeah. getting through him. I know he can be very dangerous, but you know Tommy's helping me train. He's a monster, so we're helping each other. Absolutely. I mean, Junior's one of those guys. He's hardworking. Who's He's- Junior? Uh, Chris, there you Christos. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he's hardworking. He and he has a vision, man, a dream. And he. What he, is a typical real. day for you guys in training now? Let's see. We're what two weeks out? Two and a half. Two, two and a half. So you guys are going to be cutting back pretty soon on hard sparring and stuff, yeah. and focusing on the cardio. Um, I know your rep, of course, and and I know your coach Brian Roshbach keeps a, a tight uh, tight noose. Um, you guys must be very close to close to weight, right in the right zone where you want to be by now. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable about my my, my weight right now. So, mm-hmm. ooh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what area. is a day of training? What are you guys doing right now? Uh, it's everything. Uh, go ahead. I mean, talk about Just it. Training, training like we we're coming to make a statement. You guys are at Black House in the mornings. Yeah. And so we'll we'll, go, we'll do Black House um, Monday, Wednesday, and then we spar Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every time me and Tommy get around in, it's his, his he don't get tired. He does not get tired. Let me tell <laughs> you, he he is a guy that can push from the beginning of the five minute round mm-hmm. till the very last five seconds of the round. He, his tempo doesn't slow down at all. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a monster. Um, and then we'll go to the track. You know, we'll do some sprints, hard sprints, and this kid is fast and he's. Probably one of the most guys that motivate me the most, um, yeah. uh, just watching him go. What percentage right now, two and a half weeks out, what percentage are you cardio versus drilling? And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put drilling and sparring in there together, but maybe they're not. Maybe it's one-third, one-third, one-third. Or how do you guys break it up typically? 
Um, I think, we, I mean, we get a good mix. I mean, we have such an awesome team. Yeah. Uh, we got, you know, Alan Joban. We mm -hmm. got Pedro Munoz, Shamon. Kevin Casey. Mario. Kevin. We, like, just Killers. amazing. Killers. Yeah. Murderers yeah. Row. Yeah. Amazing guys. So we get good work in. We get good drilling in. And we all have each other's, you know, best interests in mind. We're not trying to hurt each other. Mm -hmm. We're trying to push each other and motivate each other. And we, we train hard. We train, like, how you're supposed to train. Mm -hmm. But at this point, um, I mean, the anything we drill is probably something that we know already. It's not like we're trying to learn new things two weeks out because mm -hmm. when you're in there, it's uh, you forget a lot. And you basically go on instinct of what you just naturally know. So yeah. um, I'll just drill all the stuff that I know already. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go try any new uh, things I learn tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm. if I learn something tomorrow, it doesn't matter how many times I drill it till my fight. Most likely won't try it in the fight <laughs> until, like, I feel most comfortable. So you basically just drill the stuff you know, train super hard, mm -hmm. train your cardio, and, uh, you know. Is it now 50-50, would you say, or? I would say that it was more intense than anything now. Now, yeah. for, like, now. the next the next week. Okay. Maybe maybe the last week's a lot of drilling and just, like, mm -hmm. uh, sharpening your tools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When does the new... Learning new material. When's the best time for that to be? In, off in training. A, off training. Yeah. Out of camp. Like, we never stop. I mean, uh, we're in a perpetual state of staying ready. And I, I know he's hungry. The, a lot of the guys, we're all hungry guys. And we're, we're always trying to improve our skills and, and tweak little things and make minor adjustments to improve, you know, the scrambling, the, our cardio, our fitness, our, our mindset. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it never ends, man. We're... We're, we're coming after it hard. Mm -hmm. um, the last time that you were here, a couple of years ago, I recently uh, checked out the episode again, and I remember mm -hmm. we were talking about you very much like to um, study your opponent and, and yeah. know his background and everything. Tommy, you're fighting a guy that's a relatively, relative newcomer, certainly to the, the SoCal area and, and to, the, to the fight game. Two in one. Um, his name is Luke... I want to get his name right here. Faltersack? Luke Faltersack, yeah. Uh, two and one. Looks like he's had some matches around here, but originally from the Midwest or so. Um, you've got a different philosophy when it comes to knowing opponents. Um, I mean, for sure. I, I, I watched a couple fights, and uh, I mean, it's I'm not too worried about... about uh, I honestly feel like I'll fight anybody, anytime. I'm, I'm a hungry guy. And, right. Uh, it, it, it DGAF, right? Yeah, it, it all, I mean, we'll, we'll find out when we, we step in the cage. And, I mean, for sure, if, if you're fighting for RFA and you're fighting at, at a professional level, you're a tough guy. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I, and I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to be fireworks. So, so mm -hmm. for you, it's more about, you know what, I'm, I worry about what I'm going to do. Don't exactly. worry about what he's going to do. And yeah. I know it's going to work out like yeah. that. That's how training goes. Uh, I'm very confident. I do I do my thing, and I, I, I prepare so that I'm I'm confident. Now, real quick, I know you you know what it's like to be in the UFC, even fighting in Brazil, mm -hmm. you know, and I know you'll get back there soon. What would it mean for you, Tommy, to, to eventually fight in the UFC? Um, I mean, it's my dream since I was a, you know, a little kid. I... Uh, my whole life, man. Like I, I left my family. I, I left my where I, I was living, my home, my friends. I sacrificed everything, you know, when I was 15 to come here to pursue this, and I'm not letting anything get in my way. And definitely a lot of hype. Anybody it. who's been to a UFC MMA show know what it's like to see 
Tommy Aaron fight at a high level. Obviously, you yeah. know very well. I mean, main event a couple of your shows, you know, definitely, mm-hmm. you know. And they're out there on YouTube, too. There's, uh, it's, it's not difficult to find footage of, of our boy Tommy here. Out uh, YouTube.com slash U of MMA. All four, five? Five fights, I believe, right? Yes, five. Yeah, all, all five fights are there. Yeah. So enjoy the ride. So my big question When's this fight going to happen between Tommy and Chris? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It happens every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't John Jones, Daniel Cormier. You guys are sticking together as a team, right? Oh, yeah. And plus, we're in different weight classes, too. You can make that weight. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, this kid's like my brother. I wouldn't fight him for... I mean, not enough. Uh, You fight him for practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) practice. practice. I wouldn't want to have to do that. I love this kid way too much. He and he's a monster. And uh, I, I see this kid. I'll tell you right now, Dana White's gonna watch him. Yeah, guarantee you, it's gonna spark an interest in his eye. Um, hey, you guys are the fight he's looking for. Yeah, you know, for both sure. of you guys are gonna bring. it. Hey, best of luck to you guys. You, That's gonna be so awesome. Much. Once that happens, one hundred percent, another invite for you guys to hear on AfterBuzz TV. Okay. You know, obviously, right. when you guys get signed up again or in this in for the first time, you know, we'd love to have you back. RFA 38, Resurrection Fighting Alliance, in Costa Mesa, California. Briefly, you know, talk about maybe what are you guys going to do? What are you guys looking forward to? What's going to happen Friday night, June 3rd, 2016? Uh, Friday night, June 3rd, you're going to see some fireworks. Um, I'm fi- I'm Greek 100%. I'm actually fighting an Armenian. They got some histories and <laughs> oh, culture. Shucks. So he definitely sells a lot of tickets. Um, I sell a lot of tickets. So it's going to be loud. It may not uh, be the main event. But it's going to sound like the main event. I can promise you that. And uh, especially this guy sells a gang of tickets, too. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you personally know Papa that firsthand. That. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a good a good night, man. Like, I feel like going in there, I'm, I'm fighting. Uh, Albert Morales is fighting on the card, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's he's a buddy. And he, he's fighting another good friend of, of ours, Mario. Teammate. Teammate. Yeah, Mario. Mm. So that's a crazy, crazy matchup. I mean, this whole card... Is yeah. crazy, and uh, if you're an MMA fan in Los Angeles, in California, yeah. you can't miss this card. It's that this is my first time fighting locally in two years. No kidding. Nice. Yeah. All right. Wow. So, that, so everyone's coming to watch, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's venue has hosted a lot of different uh, uh, fight organizations globally. Actually, M1 was there. Uh, Invicta has has performed there. Performed, promoted. Uh, RFA, this is not going to be their first time there. There's been uh, quite a few guys uh, at that venue. Yeah, it's going to be a night to remember for sure. <laughs> and uh, going in there, you, you're going to have to shoot us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, go ahead. No, I was just saying, we don't stop. <laughs> What's the victory meal going to be for you guys? You what are you guys first. holding that for? You go first. Uh, <laughs> burgers. Yeah, I love burgers. me some burgers. Yeah, okay. Burgers and onion rings—that's my thing. In and out or five guys? Uh, part, I don't know. It doesn't matter as long as they have onion. <laughs> uh, as long as they have onion rings. Okay. So as far as burger goes, oh, that cuts out both of them. Then. <laughs> yeah, maybe Ooh. some islands. I, like islands. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, islands. Are I don't want you going down all the way down to Burger King. No, 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 no way. Then again, they are sponsoring the UFC. No, Burger King. <laughs> really? No, I don't like fast food. But um, I mean. It tastes good, obviously, but yeah. I prefer not to eat it. I'd rather have a nice quality burger. So, mm-hmm. so before we go, I noticed no, Tommy. No, Tommy. I want to know what Tommy's yeah, uh, eating. Oh, oh yeah, man. go ahead. Uh, 
that's that's a tough one because I I'm a food lover, so I'm probably gonna eat a little bit of everything. So everything, <laughs> one of each for a couple of days, and then I'm gonna get right back on my diet. I've been vegan for a while, and I want to kind of keep it up. Hmm. It uh, you like I, it? I feel I, I do. It you take some getting used to for yeah. sure, and you kind of ha- have to have a schedule. But okay, yeah, it's uh, get right back to that. Never do that. <laughs> Burgers. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, RFA thirty eight. If uh, you're in the LA area, San Diego, or even you know Costa Mesa, OC, LA, Santa Clarita, Friday night, June third, at the Hangar at the OC Fairgrounds. Tickets are available at CageTix.com. If you're not in LA and you don't want to fly over over here. Access TV. Mm-hmm. We're going to be watching yeah, live. You can watch it all over the country on, I think, 340 on DirecTV. Comes out, uh, comes out right, after, comes yeah. after, right after New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you know, go ahead and watch it. Show. These two guys are going to fight. But where, you, where can people find you guys on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at my first initial, C, and my last name, G-I-A-G-O-S, C-Yagos, on both accounts. So... You can find me at Tommy under, under, underscore Spaniard. And, uh, I mean, I'm not – I don't use social media a whole <laughs> You bunch. ain't much of a Twitter guy. No, I'll man. tell you that. Uh, I don't really – Yeah. I'm Your focused. Uncle Dana is going to have a conversation about that <laughs> with you, my friend. Uh, Trust. Man. What about you guys? JTan716, as usual, all over your internet. Uh, in the chat room, shout out to one 2 Tree who uh, kind of jumped in and then ducked out. Stephen Stud Hill and, of course, our chief cornerman, Joe Boza. Yeah, and Gabriel Gonzalez, you can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Double G on TV, where you could catch the catchweight fight between me and Christos <laughs> after the show over whether or not Cleveland wins the title uh, this year. Golden no. State. It won't last very long. It'll fit on it'll fit on Instagram for that matter. Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, G Hermosa, G H E R M O Z A. I wanna thank you guys both. Good luck to you know yeah, to both of you guys. Like I said, I hope to see you guys yes. back here soon. Hope to see you guys both in the UFC. I know it's gonna happen. Keep them our, keeping our fingers crossed. For everybody watching us, listening to us, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 